0: It's Groundhog Day. Again, the Nashville Predators lose another game in big and embarrassing fashion. What is going on with this team right now? Let's talk about it on today's Locked on Predators podcast.
1: Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free. Nashville Predators podcast that's available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime.
1: You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com.
0: So a little bit about me. Uh, I live in the Eastern time zone, so these games are already rough. I, my bedtime is 11 p.m., Uh, Because I have work like a normal human, bright and early at 7 in the morning. So when the Preds have a West Coast trip, that makes me very cranky that I have to stay up and watch it. When the Preds have a West Coast trip and play like they did against the Seattle Kraken last night, that only only makes me sleepy and asleep-deprived and cranky. It makes me extremely hockey-related cranky as well. And Anne, I am hockey cranky today after last night's 5-1 Jesus Christ loss to the Seattle Kraken.
1: Yes, I think there is a general gray cloud over Smashville right now because that game last night, like you said, when you invest, when you schedule your hockey nap, when you figure out how you can kind of work it so you can stay up for these 9 o'clock puck drops my time, 10 o'clock puck drop your time, and then that's the game that you watch just not ideal friends it's not a fun way to spend an evening
0: at all (laughs) and it seems like that's been happening a lot Mm -hmm. uh so far this season and it is quite frankly and getting really really old really fast not just from a fan perspective but if you're in the front office watching this team it kind of feels like there's a shoe about to drop somewhere.
1: I don't, you know what though, I'm going to say this. I don't know what the temperature is in the front office. I don't know. I don't have a, a hundred percent confidence that we can read the temperature in the front office because despite the fact that this was what feels like a completely abysmal loss. Like I promised I would not do any more colonoscopy analogies, but that's kind of where we're at. This was a rough loss. I think there was enough that... The front office could say, hey, they, you know, they just got lucky on some, oh, unfortunate turnovers and they capitalized on each one. And also the front office is not looking 13 games in. They're looking 82 games in. They're looking three seasons down the road. And I don't know that the front office is where the fan base is. As a matter of fact, I'm willing to say the front office is not where the fan base is.
0: Then the question should be, where are they? Uh, Because there's something not right about this team. Let's dive into it a little bit further. But first, the game last night. Uh, It wasn't good, folks. 38 Mm -hmm. seconds into the game, the first shot of the game, Jordan Eberly puts a, what was, to be honest, a nothing shot that got past UC Sorrow. So that is becoming a big trend. Uh, And then right after that, Four, nothing at the end of the first period. The other three goals all came within five seconds of a Predators turnover, a Predators giveaway. Mm-hmm. That is a theme. Philip Forsberg made it 4-1 uh, in halfway through the second period. We thought, oh, hey, here come that fun comeback. Uh, The Predators pushed as hard as they could, but just sloppy, sloppy play all around. Brandon Tenf iced it with a a, a, uh, empty net goal late in the game. 5-1 Seattle, the final score. Mm And what was your one word to describe last night's game?
1: My one word to describe last night's game is fudge with nuts. So going, we went to Grandma Ruth's house for Christmas. We have a holiday we call Kitchen Christmas. Always all the relatives go to Grandma Ruth's house and Grandma Ruth made fudge. And when Grandma Ruth makes fudge, it's incredible. She had the best fudge. But the problem was she always had a batch she put nuts in. And I don't know how everybody else feels about fudge with nuts, but it is, it is a no-no for me. And I really feel like I went into this game thinking, this is great. This is going to be, you know, the Predators showing, hey, you know what? We are slowly but steadily correcting mistakes that have bitten us early. We're going to get on a three-game win streak. We are going to have a strong game against a Kraken team that's got some things going on well. This is going to be a great opportunity for the Nashville Predators to say, look, we we are steadily turning a corner. And friends, that game was fudge with nuts. Fudge with nuts. 38 seconds in, first bite, giant pecan. Completely disastrous. Um, you know, it, it was walking into Grandma dining room table, seeing a plate of fudge and getting close enough to realize it's not going to be good. Not going to be good. Fudge with nuts.
0: That makes me want fudge now, number one. Uh, would love would love a not nutty recipe yeah uh mine is i'm gonna go into the nbc family here days of our lives is my one word to describe this game it is a soap opera where for those of you not familiar with days of our lives Uh, It is basically little mini things where just crazy thing happens to the entire town of Salem, one right after another. They spend three weeks solving some sort of big elaborate drama. And then as soon as we're like, oh, yeah, we're on the right track, something else happens. But, you know, the reason I singled out Days of Our Lives and for that analogy is is because what's the giant logo for Days of Our Lives?
1: Oh it's the hourglass. It's the hourglass,
0: the like saddens from an hourglass. So is the days of our lives. And it's just sitting there and it's hovering in the background of the show. It's like in the intro and everything and there's just mm-hmm. all the little sand dripping out one by one and all these like actors are coming and going and you know in the background it's just the time still ticking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The little hourglass is still ticking. And that seems like the state of the Nashville Predators right now. Time is going on. The season is going on. Each game is a little poof of sand that comes out of the top thing. I don't know what parts of the hourglass are called. Um, it's, but time is ticking, and the Predators, they're running out of it. That little bottom thing is getting a little bit more of a solid layer on it. There's maybe, maybe now a second layer on top and we are still caught up in all this soap opera drama with the on ice product of the Nashville Predators. And it just, I don't know where we go from here. Ann. And I think that's kind of like the biggest frustration point for me is I, I just don't know where the conversation about this team needs to go from here because it feels like with each passing game we have to go away from this is maybe just a good team on a bad start and every single game that this goes on and it seems to be getting worse and that's kind of an issue too Mm -hmm. it just seems like every single game like last night against Seattle where you just don't look good at all It just seems like every time that happens, we are getting further away from this is just a good team that's underachieving to this might not be as good of a team as we think.
1: Yeah. And that is very concerning because if you look at the roster, if you look at the pieces of this roster that Nashville has, this is a team with talent. But that is not translating. The the sum of the parts is not adding up. You know, they brought in, you know, Nita Ryder. You have Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne, who are coming off career years. And look, I don't think any of us are saying, you know, went into the season saying they are going to blow it up again. But I think expectations were at a good level. These guys have shown how they can perform. We're not seeing that. UC Soros not Vesna finalist games. Now we'll say that several of the goals last night were compliments of absolutely horrendous defense and complete Predator spectating. You do not stand in the slot and just watch life happen. And and the Predators did that on several goals. So not everything is on Soros, but here is kind of where the Predators are. And here's where I feel like they're in trouble. You can have a team that has good players going through slumps. And if you have solid goaltending, that can sort of carry you through that. The Nashville Predators have been there before. They were in that situation back when we had Pecorine starting in net. We've seen that with UC Soros last season. You can also have a team that is successful with average goaltending, because the players in front are executing really well. And I think we saw some of that last season with the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. The the problem right now is that Nashville has neither. Uh-huh. And Nashville, when you look at the roster, should have both. And they don't. And and I think the Predators are coming into a place where you have to decide, are we going to continue to make small tweaks and hope we correct these mistakes? Because you can break this game down into here's some individual mistakes that we can clean up. You could look at it that way. But then you also have to say at some point, I know we're only 13 games into the season and you don't win a Stanley Cup, you know, the first quarter of a season, but you have to at some point realize this team is headed towards a much more difficult conversation of, do we need to make some big changes because we've gone through the little tweaks. We've Kiefer Sherwood in Kiefer Sherwood on waivers. We've done roster adjustments. We've healthy scratched, um, Cody glass, Ellie Tolvanen. That's a whole conversation as well. You know, we have Alexander carrier. What are we doing? Um, So we've done the little tweaks. Do you continue to push and try to modify and continue in the direction you're going? Or will Nashville get to a point or will Nashville admit they are at a point where they need to make a little bit stronger course correction?
0: Let's talk about what that is. And also let's back up a second and talk about UC Soros because that is a big takeaway uh, that people had after last night's game. But first, I want to mention today's show brought to you by Athletic Greens and their new product, AG1. This is a product I can vouch for myself because I take AG1 Every single morning, I've talked about it before. I started taking it because it was a free thing they sent to me. And I have since, when that supply ran out, become a loyal customer. So, what is AG1? Well, with one delicious scoop, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health nervous system, immune system, energy, focus, recovery, aging, pretty much anything you can think of, AG1 helps. Like I said, they sent this to me for free last year, and I started taking it just because it was free. And since that supply ended... I started ordering more and more and more because whenever I start taking AG1, I feel energized throughout the day. I don't feel that crush of needing to take a nap in the afternoon. I feel great throughout the entire day, and a lot of that has to do with AG1. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, whatever – So it fits every lifestyle. It contains less than one gram of sugar with no DEMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, but it still tastes great. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water each day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. You don't need to spend hundreds of dollars on all these different pills. It's just one scoop. Per day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year serve, one year supply of immune sporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/slash NHL Network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And I want to touch on UC SARS's performance last night because. Mm. A lot of people, you know, the the pieces are coming out now, you know, about SARS, a slow start and his numbers aren't good. Like let's, let's put that out there. Uh, And that first goal last night, uh, boy, that's a,
1: that was a tough one.
0: That's a perfect little microcosm of what his season has been Mm -hmm. uh, where it's just, it, it just seems like there are a lot of saves that we're used to seeing him make with ease that are just giving him all kinds of trouble this year. That being said, you know, I, I look at this game last night, and I know he gave up four goals. And I know, you know, the first one, obviously, very bad goal. The second one, maybe a little bit questionable. But but the question I have is, I mean, how much blame do you really want to put on mm-hmm. UC Soros for this one? Because second goal giveaway by Jeremy Lazan, odd man rush. UC Saros makes a great save. Yes, to to stop that chance. It just so happens it goes back to Will Borgan. Nobody's really defending him well, and he gets that puck through a crowd past Saros. There's your second goal. The third one, Nino Niederreiter, awful, awful giveaway right to the stick of Alexander Wenberg, who set up Andre Burakovsky. I mean, there's you know, he Saros did all he could. I mean. There's two Kraken player all alone in front of the net, basically a two on o. I, I don't know what you do for SARS there. And then Jordan Everly, the third one, um, awful play by Ryan McDonough, yes. somebody who is a veteran presence, like somebody you bring in to make smart plays was beaten into the one thing you can never do when you're beat. And that is throw it right in front of the net and Soros had no chance. So I, I get it. Soros hasn't been good this season. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least, you know, not the game changing type of goalie we've been accustomed to seeing over right. the past few seasons, but it, it feels wrong to give him blame per se Now that's certainly a reason the preds are struggling. I get that. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing about UC Saros was he was kind of the Preds eraser. Was it doesn't matter how good or how bad the Preds were in front of the like in front of UC Saros. If UC Saros was fire, the Preds were winning games. He erased a lot of mistakes, especially down that stretch of the season last year where the Preds just seemed to be giving up 35, 40, 45 shots on goal per game and UC Soros was closing the door. They don't have that this year and it's exposing that they play in front of Soros for the last good bit just hasn't been good. And so, yeah, like I I think that's because I know a lot of people are are putting this on Soros, but to me, it's just he's the fact that he's struggling just compounds the fact that he just hasn't been getting good defense or play in front of him mm-hmm. for quite some time now.
1: Yeah. And I think when you first look, especially at last night's game, like you said, it's very easy to say, man, you see sorrows, but when you break down those goals, you know, the, the second goal it there, you know, you had Granlin, you had McDonough, you had LaZon, Um, In the general area where that rebound came out and they were absolute spectators. Uh, Mikhail Granlin did try to block the shot, but just a step behind, you know, the turnovers in the defensive zone resulting in goals were absolutely brutal to watch. Uh, But here is my thing. And so I I agree with you that you cannot put all of the blame on this for that loss on Soros, even though it looks like, you know, the eye test is UC Soros. Wow. Four goals on six shots. That's atrocious. Yeah. He did not have any help on those six shots. I will say this. I think it's difficult when he lets that first 38 second goal in uh, on a shot that normally he would have saved because I think there is, I, I wonder if there is a momentum mental thing that happens when Soros is shaky early. Uh, and I'm not putting the blame on that. I just think when you start out of the gate on a shot that looks like it should be a save 38 seconds into the game and Nashville immediately goes, crap, here we are again, got to come from behind. You know, this team is not a team that is able to play well from behind despite the Canucks. I get it. They came back from the Canucks, but look, this is not their ideal situation. The way they're firing right now, they cannot go down early on, on a goal like that. So I agree. This is not all on UC Soros. And I think when Saros isn't playing Vesna nominee level, it exposes some of the weaknesses that maybe this team has that he has covered for them. But at some point, something has to happen across the roster with Saros, with the defense, with the offense that just had high danger chances and could not finish you know, there are a lot of problems on this Nashville Predators team. Not all on UC Saros, yeah. but there's plenty of blame to go around after last night's game.
0: Yeah, it's weird because you see the Preds lost last night five to one, but you mm-hmm. start looking at the stats, Preds outshot Seattle 25 mm-hmm. to 20. I mean, they held Seattle to 20 shots on goal. Uh, Corsi, I mean, the Preds had 58. 58- Point six percent of all the chances last night they had 57.8% of the high danger chances yes. so they outplayed for the majority of the game the mm-hmm. Seattle Kraken and actually did a pretty good job of taking them out of the game it's just we've talked about this so much and it's they'll play good and then just these pockets of just like a minute or just like this play of like three Stooges-esque circus music, <laughs> Benny <laughs> Hill playing in the background. Yes. Nonsense yes. that completely derails the entire game for them. And this is something, this is something that was pre-John Hines. This was mm-hmm. Peter Laviolette, like his calling card. The Preds would dominate games, absolutely dominate games, and still lose. Because they would dominate games, make one or two very bad mistakes, and the other team would capitalize it. And that's exactly what's happening here. And it's frustrating because, you know, as you and I have talked about, if you guys have been listening to us since we started this last year, we've been talking about this kind of stuff since, Mm -hmm. what, February, March of last year? I mean, and that's, that to me is kind of the biggest concern and we'll get into that in in just a second. But I think the biggest concern is there have been a lot of fundamental things, you know, you can start and just say, look, this is, this is a bad start to the season, but there's still what, like 68, 69, 70 games, whatever You, you guys do math. There's that many games left in the season. There's a long way to go. But you ex- you take the start date off the season and you take this preds core and you go back. This mm-hmm. has been going on since February March, where they just haven't looked good, and now it just seems like that conversation was, oh, it was just they were slow to end the season it just seems like now it's just like they're further away from that hot start. They got off to last year. It's just the fact that they were off to such a good start last year. That, that sort of saved them, that got them into the playoffs. They don't have that this year. So now, you know, if they're not on their P's and Q's the rest of the season, this is not a playoff team.
1: No. And the goal was to be second round or more, I think at this point, There's serious concern. And again, we're 13 games into the season, understand it's early, but the Predators have a lot they need to address. And I want to talk about with you where you think the fix lies. And we're going to do that in in just a second. I want to dive into that. But first, want to thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen today. For your second listen, we invite you to go check out Locked On Sports Today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. You can go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insight that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app. It's available on YouTube. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so... I agree with you. I think we have a bigger, we have, we have, there's a bigger issue going on with the Nashville Predators. I think there are a lot of people that feel like the responsibility for the fix lies with John Hines and decisions that he isn't making or is making or needs to make. Is it John Hines? Is it the players? Is it the lineup? Is it the system?
0: What is it? The answer is yes. <laughs> Here, yeah. And here's here's the thing. Let's let's start with John Hines. And a lot of people are talking about lineups. Mm-hmm. Let's let's just let's get that out of the way. Um, Cody Glass, Ellie Tolvenin, Phil Tomasino down in the minors. A lot of people think these players should be up. I agree. I also don't think that's the root of the Preds problems. Like I think here's, here's the way I I would say this. I think if you put Cody glass up on this team right now, give him consistent top six minutes or, you know, consistent minutes in general and Mm -hmm. not keep him on the two foot leash. I do think that helps the predators. Do I think that solves everything wrong with the Nashville predators right now? Correct. No, no. The biggest thing for me with John Hines is this this notion of identity that he has it set in stone that that word identity has been instilled in press conferences, you know, pieces from some of the press media. It's front and center of everything that comes out of the John Hines media PR firm that he has, I guess, somewhere in the John Hines spear. Um, and and that's fine, like that. That I get the way he wants to play. He wants the Preds to be physical. He wants to out hit people. Um, all that good stuff. But that identity isn't working right now Mm -hmm. and a lot of these big players you know these big physical players that are going to out muscle players are getting knocked off the puck by five foot ten skill guys on a so-so team like the Seattle Kraken these like fast skill forwards are getting out skated and out skilled by some of the other team's top lines like I mean like let's like you know, yeah, they they got embarrassed by Connor McDavid and Leon Drysital, but last night I saw a lot of Preds skill players get outworked by Jordan Eberle and Alexander yes. Wenberg. I don't think you'd put those guys in the top tier of NHL players. You know, all these people that are coming out, you know, know, say we like this guy, they're going to, you know, get people off their game, they're going to provide energy, they're going to hit, they're going to forecheck, they're going to force on the other teams to make the mistakes. They're making more mistakes than they're forcing teams into.
1: Mm -hmm. So
0: So more so, Anne, than... I then John Hines the the conversation that you know John Hines needs to scratch this player and put this person in. I, I think that that's only the tip of the iceberg in that conversation, and that is that John Hines, I think, needs to evaluate the way he wants the Preds to play and ask himself, Is this identity of going out and being the harder team to play against? actually making you the harder team to play against.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think there are different ways to be the harder team to play against besides yeah. this particular, like you said, this particular identity. For me, I agree with you in the point that I'm not sure that it matters necessarily who is in the lineup, although, you know, I, I have an opinion on that. But let's set all of that aside One of the problems that I see is that there is so much change happening within a game um, of the lineups. At some point, I almost wish that we would just see the lines stick together and work it out, work it out. You know, don't necessarily shift to the guy with the hot hand. And here's the thing. I see the logic behind it. You want to win the game in, in that 60-minute period. If you have a player who is playing really well, you want to give him the opportunity to help the team win that 60 minutes. But I'm beginning to wonder if that inconsistency is going to cost the Predators down the line. And again, irregardless of where Cody Glass and Ellie Tolvin and Alexander Carrier sit for a game, there's a lot happening in this lineup that I wonder if that needs to just settle and and see what we've got, because at this point, I'm not sure what the lineup changes. You can actually effectively pinpoint who are the players that are struggling and what yeah. do they need? Because you are constantly kind of cycling through people. And I think at some point you've got to go with a lineup for a consistent period of games to be able to sort out what is happening with these individual players who are not performing well and what do they need. And I think that is a piece that may be missing. I will say this: I've seen people suggest that John Hines has maybe lost the locker room. I don't think that's true.
0: I, I, I well, let me say this: I, I don't mm-hmm. think we know enough to know if that's true. Mm. Like we, we can't say here and and be like, oh yeah, he's the locker room's not listening to him. I mean, mm-hmm. we can't not not say that. I just don't think we can definitively say whether that has anything to do with the Preds current slide.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to go out on a limb and say, I don't think that that's happening just based on some of the post game comments by the players um, and and that kind of thing. Now they're not going to come out and be like, yeah, we don't listen to him. So grain of salt (laughs) that
0: (laughs) they're not Jack.
1: (laughs) No, (laughs) but there is something that i think you know on ice product needs correction i think that there is something as well off ice as far as again we talk about mental resiliency we talk about consistency we talk about bouncing back from being in a deficit there are on and off ice issues that need to be addressed some of those may fall on how john heinz addresses them some of this falls on the players so You know, there is a lot that needs sorted out in the Nashville Predators locker room and on the ice. And frankly, they have one day before they face the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. So work cut out for you, fellas.
0: Let me ask you this, Ann. Let's say the Predators go out tomorrow uh, and get beat by the Colorado Avalanche. Like, a lot of people think that they're going to. Mm -hmm. That means the Preds will have lost four out of six games in this road trip with the one of those two wins being in a game you can't possibly be proud of. Right. What's the conversation around this team? If the Predators lose that Colorado game and come back to Nashville, second to last in the Central Division, which they are, mm-hmm. are tied for second to last in the Central And with all these question marks and all these restless fans, and here's the thing, like, you know, we talk about, we can talk about a lot of stuff, whether or not Hines is responsible, whether or not the players are responsible. David Poyle handed out a lot of money to a lot of people this season. He locked in and when he did, he made it clear. This is the team that we think is going to win a stanley cup championship we think this is the team that we're going to go all in on and this is going to get us back towards contendership that's not working and b you know who else he gave money to this offseason you know who we signed to a big contract john hines yeah so that's my question if the preds come if the Preds lose to colorado And they come back to Smashville and you're paying all these people a lot of money at the start of new contracts and you're where you're at and you don't see a lot of improvement. I mean, what, what's the conversation? I mean, it's gotta be something, I mean, you gotta step in soon
1: here's the thing that scares me more than what is that conversation the thing that scares me far more than what the conversation is is that there won't be a conversation that's what scares me the most what the conversation is i think there is plenty to go around with john Hines, plenty to go around with the players i think there's plenty to discuss when you're talking about systems when you're talking about lineups all of that What I think is the most frightening to me and what should be concerning to Nashville Predators fans is that there may not even be a conversation.
0: And if if that's the case, we're doomed.
1: Long season, friends.
0: It just feels like we're doomed if that's the case. All right. Well, sorry to ruin your Wednesday with doom and gloom, everybody. But it just... Yeah, I mean, this is this is just too common of occurrence for Nashville Predators right now. And it feels like something desperately needs to be fixed. So we're going to have a lot more conversations on this. There is a lot more in-depth stuff to get to. And, oh, by the way, Predators play the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow. Last game of the road trip. So who knows what that's going to have in store. We're going to have mm-hmm. your preview for that tomorrow. Uh, Ann, where can the people find your work?
1: You can find my work at InsideThePreds.com and you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice.
0: You can find me at OnTheForeCheck.com. Follow me on Twitter underscore NS Morgan. Also be sure to follow our podcast at LO underscore Predators. Speaking of this podcast, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. Spotify, Google Play, Apple, all that good stuff. We're on pretty much every uh, podcast platform you can find. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to hit the subscribe and the bell button. That way you will always be notified when we got brand new content for you. That's going to do it us for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back tomorrow with an all new episode. Who knows what we'll be uh, talking about until then. We'll see you then.